0: Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Carry Me. Many people today, of middle age or older, can remember when textbooks which they used in school, especially those dealing with any phase of science, were changed every 10 years because of the advance in knowledge. Now, knowledge has increased so rapidly that educators were finding it difficult to keep textbooks up to date, for almost as soon as they were published, they were out of date, Today, computers are being used in place of textbooks to span the constant information gap. Students, even at grade school levels, are using laptop computers for almost all classes. It seems to be a win-win for both students and school districts as costs are reduced and students no longer have the burden of carrying the heavy books around all day. However, in contrast to continually changing technology, we are reminded of the only book which has come to us through the ages from God himself, and yet it's still as relevant relevant today as it was in the past. How do we know that the Bible came from God itself? The Bible itself claims all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16 The 66 books was written over a period of about 1,600 years by 40 different writers. These writers were from different stations in life. Some were scholars, some were fishermen, yet there is unity in the whole book. There is a mathematical structure in the original Hebrew and Greek languages which proves a verbal and plenary inspiration. Without verbal words by word dictated by hand, this would have been impossible fulfilled prophecy also proves that our bible came from god and today this book has the power to change lives it has turned many lives from sin and evil to the lives of righteousness and love and still it has unparalleled circulation even though it is centuries old the bible has no peer or equal because it is divine the, the believer does not need any proof that the Bible is a living book, a miracle book, and that it is truly God's Word. He knows this because it speaks to him and guides him in every eventuality of life. Listen now as Scott Delosier sings for us this beautiful song, Word of God Speak.
1: Finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music,
2: beyond the noise All that I
1: need is to be with you And in the quiet, hear your voice Word of God speak Washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness, finding myself. At a loss for words And the funny thing is It's okay
0: You are listening to Join the Morning which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. Due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic and Governor Wolf's executive orders for all residents of PA to stay at home, there continues to be no church services at the Altoona Bible Church. We are very anxious to be open and conducting our regular church services in the near future. Since these orders can be ever-changing, we encourage you to call the church office at 942-2131 if you have any questions concerning our church services. We invite you to listen or watch the church services which we have provided during the pandemic. Our services are on Facebook Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Also, you can go to our website, www.altunaBible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14, and there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. Listen now as Randy Bickle plays for us the piano this beautiful song entitled, Jesus' Name Above All Names. Humility is that rare virtue you lose the moment you think you have it. The best way to gain ground in battling your inflated ego is to recognize how dependent you are upon the Lord. It is an axiom of grace. The more Christ-centered we become, the less self-centered we will be. God wants us to evaluate realistically our abilities so that we may use every opportunity to develop then for His glory. But He is grieved when we become proud. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 warns the believer not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. William Carey, who is sometimes called the father of modern missions, always seemed to have a humble spirit. In young manhood, he had a job repairing shoes. As the years went by, honors were heaped upon him because of his many accomplishments. Yet this unassuming man would only accept positions and appointments that opened the way for him to do more work in Christ's service. Even at the zenith of his popularity, one of his most striking characteristics was his meek and selfless attitude. To emphasize the point, we think of an incident that occurred at a state dinner given in his honor. With a smear, a jealous English officer asked the host, Wasn't your great Dr. Carey once just a shoemaker? Before the man could reply, the renowned missionary, who was near enough to hear the remark, answered with quiet dignity. No, sir, I was not that skilled. I was only a cobbler. Humility is one of the Christians' loveliest virtues, but the only way we can attain is to forget ourselves and set our minds on the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. Listen to the words of this song as the ABC 5 sing for us, Victory in Jesus. Oh yeah. yeah. time now for a Bible study portion for a broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is... Rightly dividing the word of truth, the heavenly places, the conflict. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. A very important part of any warfare is to identify your enemies... Who are your enemies? What battle plans are going to be implemented? What kind of armor or weapons do we need to fight this battle? Some simple but important questions and answers regard concerning battle and enemies. What is the conflict of the nation of Israel? Who are the enemies of the nation of Israel? What is the conflict of the church, the body of Christ, and who are the enemies of the church, the body of Christ? the prophetic program, the earthly conflict. According to Joshua, Joshua chapter 21, if you read verse number 43 and 44, And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he swear to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. And the Lord gave them rest round about, and according to all that he swore unto his fathers, and there stood not a man of their enemies before them, the Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Physical enemies. Take the example of Nehemiah. Nehemiah rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem in 445 B.C. And the following opposition is another clear example of Israel's earthly enemies. Nehemiah had a burden, a desire to rebuild the wall, Nehemiah 2 5. Nehemiah returns to the city of Jerusalem after the wall had been destroyed for approximately 140 years. Nehemiah ran into opposition from Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. You can see this in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 10, 19, also in the fourth chapter. These men were the main earthly enemies of Nehemiah. There were also nations who were Israel's enemies. These individuals and nations schemed against Nehemiah, trying to hinder the rebuilding of the wall. These enemies used various cunning tactics, even the threat of war, to hinder the rebuilding process. The war, the wall was completed amidst these earthly enemies. Israel has an earthly inheritance, and earthly conflict. Israel's enemies were the Gentile nations. You can think of the word of Zacharias... The father of John the Baptist at his birth. And you can read this and see this in Luke chapter 1 verses 70, 71 and verse number 74. I'm just going to read verse 74. That he would grant unto us we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. And then also you have Israel in the future will have earthly enemies. These enemies will be a ten-toed nation confederacy that will be headed up by the Antichrist. And if you read Psalm 83 verses 2 to verse number 7, he talks about this. And later on, when you get down to about verse number 6 and 7, even identifies these enemies. The mystery program a heavenly conflict. We just read this in Ephesians chapter 6 verse number 12 where it states that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Israel's enemies were flesh and blood but in contrast the enemies of the church the body of Christ is not physical flesh and blood. The enemies are not nations. It's a spiritual battle. The word wrestle is used of a contest between two men in which one tries to throw the other down, press him down, and hold him down with his hand and arm upon his neck. This specific Greek word is used of one of athletic terms. Understand there are two classification of of angels. Holy, the elect angels, the good angels, and fallen angels. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 is a reference only to fallen angels. The four terms, principality, powers, rulers, spiritual wickedness are all in the plural. Our enemies are Satan and his fallen angels. Again, you've got to look to the context. Sometimes maybe principalities and powers used of the good elect angels. Here it's clearly dealing with Satan and his fallen angels. And if you don't know who your enemies are, you might think as the body of Christ that we have earthly enemies against nations against individuals in fact the phrase flesh and blood in the original greek language is actually blood and flesh god's perspective is different man looks on the outward but god looks on the inward and we know according to first timothy chapter 2 verse 4 who have all men to be saved and come to knowledge of the truth god's twofold will based upon this verse in the dispensation of grace is to have all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth God wants all men to be saved. That is to trust the gospel of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. The Lord Jesus Christ has died for all mankind. First Corinthians uh, 15, verses 3 and verse number 4, also Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. God wants all to be saved. And the only thing that stands in the way of a man's and a personal sal- person's salvation is their personal faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. The other aspect of God's will is to come to knowledge of the truth. This is not a further explanation of salvation. There are two clearly different concepts that are separated by the word end. The knowledge of the truth is to understand the word of God rightly divided, 2 Timothy 2.15. It is to understand the difference between the prophetic program and the mystery program. Satan and the other enemies are in the heavenly places. They're in direct opposition to the twofold aspect of God's will. They don't want people to be saved. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Neither do they want people to understand the knowledge of the truth. There will be a future war in heaven. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. Satan and his angels will be defeated. God will use the church, the body of Christ, to reclaim his authority in the heavenlies. If Satan had known anything about God's secret purpose, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. The victory is ours because Prince of Power is in powers can never separate us from the love of God we need the spiritual armor not physical armor because our battle is not with physical enemies but spiritual enemies and we see that in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 down through verse number 18 and verse 18 talks about prayer Oh, it is so important to understand and identify the enemies. We're in a spiritual battle. We need that spiritual armor put on the whole armor of God. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior? If you've never trusted Him, you need to trust Him right now, right where you're at before it is eternally too late in your life. And believers, keep studying God's Word and living for Lord Jesus Christ.
3: For Jesus is my name.